Good evening, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Scarlet and Gray podcast. I am Tyler Johnson. I am joined by the father himself, Jordan Dalton. JD, how are we doing tonight, man? <laughs> nice and tired. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, but for different reasons, obviously. Um, before we get into tonight's show, guys, there's a lot to talk about regarding Ohio State football right now, regarding the college football playoff. We're going to get to all of it. But before we do, just a reminder, if you guys are joining us on Facebook or YouTube and are not subscribed to the channel, we ask that you please subscribe. It's free for you, and you're entered in for exclusive giveaways that we only have available to our YouTube subscribers, which are going to be starting here before the beginning of December. So again, very easy to subscribe for free. Also, this video, if you would just take a second, again, if you're on Facebook, come over to YouTube, just drop a like on the video. That helps the channel grow. So we would really appreciate that support. And Network 216 recently started a Patreon that we're going to be adding content to each and every week for Browns, Buckeyes, you guys name it. Um, very, very cheap to join. It's only about $5, I believe, to join. Helps support us and helps us grow as a network. Um, a lot of great features that we're going to have for you. I'm going to have top 25 rankings. Um, eventually, we're going to have NFL draft talk, like big board only on there for you guys as well. Again, take a second, go look at the Patreon. The link will be in the YouTube subscription. And real quick, before we get into tonight's show, we just want to take a second and we want to hear from our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. What's up, everybody? We know that we know that daily fantasy never stops. And Network 216 is proud to be a partner with Underdog Fantasy. Very simple to use. All you have to do is go to Underdog, go to underdogfantasy.com and you will just click the sign in button. You'll create an account if you haven't done so already. If you've not created an account, it'll ask you to enter a code. Enter code 216 and they will double your first deposit up to $100. Underdog Fantasy live draft lobbies that you get to compete with you and your friends. It's no salary cap like DraftKings and FanDuel. You get to go to a draft lobby, pick the players you want, or you can do daily pickums, which give you access to all the NFL and NBA games for you to make your picks every single night. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com or use the Underdog Fantasy app on iOS or Android. Use code 216 to double your first deposit up to $100. Sign up today. And when it comes to Ohio State football, um, I, I didn't do any new slides this week, did not have the time to get them done. But JD, Ohio State looked good this week. Uh, they beat Indiana 56 to 14. Um, one of my takeaways, and then we'll get into some of yours, we're really being tested right now with the depth at running back. I mean, you're with that without Travion Henderson. Mayan Williams got carted off, and that could be a bad injury. We don't we don't know. Ryan Day does not update the does not update us on injury <laughs> for whatever reason it might be. Um, Dalen Hayden is available. Chip cannot pronounce his last name. Not going to try. He was unavailable on Saturday. Moving forward, are you a little bit worried about the state of this backfield because you do have that team up north is coming up very soon, and if you're going to make that run championship college football playoff you need that backfield to get healthy and quick it is concerning to say the least um we are a pass heavy team but not having a running back kind of makes your offense very one-dimensional um and we we've shown we can run the ball this year with with Travion and Mayan but 
Dallin Aiden's got a got a lot to carry on his back right now. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to shouldering the the run, all the run offense, he's the mm-hmm. only scholarship running back we have left on the roster that's healthy. So it's it's going to be a lot of <laughs> we have Maryland and then we have Michigan. So like, Mar- I mean, Maryland's going to be one of those teams that um, we can't just walk over. We're going to have to show up and play and not be looking towards Michigan. Um, but we're really going to see how this run game can get going with just Dallin Hayden. And we don't do we even know the extent of Travion Henderson's injury? Is he we, we we don't the only thing we know right see this is the issue I have. In the NFL it's different and you have to provide transparency or else you'll get fined. College it's not like that. So we have no update on Travion Henderson. The only thing we know is he's in a walking boot. Ryan Day won't say anything. All he told us is we did not know Travion Henderson was unavailable until Saturday. Same with last week, because he doesn't he doesn't tell you. So Travion's in a boot. That's all we know to this point. Oh, buddy. I will say uh Xavier Johnson looked really well or did really well um mm-hmm. filling in as like a hybrid Curtis Samuel wide receiver running back kind of thing. Um and so I I was pretty pleased with his he had, he broke that huge run. Uh I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, just mm-hmm. fill, he fill, he's filling in. He's playing, you know, the the whatever they want to call it, the Percy Harvin role um, mm-hmm. that, that Urban Meyer used to use. So um, he's kind of been a, a a player that we didn't expect anything out of, and he's really shown he could be useful in this offense. Uh, and he's going to be used a lot more because we we we're going to need him. So, uh, Alan Hayden's a true freshman, and we thought we talked about it earlier this year on the pod. Um, that he was possibly just going to be redshirted for the season, like, he was going to mm-hmm. get, get his couple games, four games in, and then probably not play again. <laughs> and now, <laughs> now he's our feature back, um, going into Maryland at least. But it, it, it could be a concern, it's definitely going to be a concern going into Michigan. Um, if we can really pull off, pull, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's going to be a concern for sure. If, if he's it, coming out there, it's and again, it, it's great to have a guy like Xavier Johnson that you can plug in from time to time. Like it, it's fantastic. The fact that you only have Hayden, who again is a true freshman and was not supposed to be in this position to begin with, he's shown that he can play. There's no doubt. But when if you don't have Travion, if you don't have mine, and I don't like to look too far ahead because there is a game on Saturday against Maryland, and they are not just this team that we're, I believe we're just going to steamroll. But you have if you're looking ahead a little bit to to Michigan, man, if you're missing Travion Henderson and mine Williams, I start to worry as far as like our again, it, it is a pass. We are a passing team. But you have to have a run game. And Dalen Hayden in that spot, I, I don't know, man. Like, again, it, it's tough because you're a true freshman coming in. Uh, he'd be at home, so that's a plus. But you have to hope now. I mean, 
knock on wood, that Dalen Hayden stays healthy. Because then if he gets hurt, I don't know what to say anymore. I, if he gets I, hurt, like, we're screwed. I, know we, I was half joking this weekend. Uh, that... This is interesting, by the way, about David David yeah. uh, Hemphill mentioning this. He thinks he's holding Henderson back until the game and going to unleash him. I, I think that's that's possible. We I mean we talked we kind of saw it with JSN earlier this year when he got hurt and then they brought him back for the the first big test of the season. I think it was, uh, it was supposed to be like Michigan State and he played like a little bit and then, mm-hmm. um, and then I think he played a did he play a little bit against Penn State? Is he that, did, dude. Yeah. That was the, he played well against Penn State. JSN. He had that. Oh, JSN. My bad. I thought we were mm-hmm. talking about Trey No. JSN hasn't played since Iowa. Well, so they, yeah, so they sat him out against uh, the couple cupcake teams that we played in between mm-hmm. Notre Dame and Iowa. Um, and then they brought him back because they knew Iowa had a really good defense, and then he gets hurt right away. So, I mean, we've, yeah. se- we've seen them do that, hold people um, for big games. Uh, we just, I just don't know what the extent of the injuries are. Um, mm-hmm. And then we were uh, half joking this weekend that the other running back on the roster is still Chambers, and and like might he, be man. And I mean that would be like worst case scenario because he's a stud on defense, and I don't think they're going to want to take him off that side of the ball, mm-hmm. just because he's he's been playing phenomenal. But uh, I mean, if they don't have anybody else, I could see them like doing. What they're doing with Xavier Johnson, maybe putting a Buka in the backfield, um, just to use his speed and get him the ball in space. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, man. If if we don't have a running back, that's gonna that's gonna affect the offense a lot, a lot more mm-hmm. than people think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I completely agree with that. And David also has a really good question. If if Jackson was ready to play for the game, do you think he should play or just hold out? Dude, we've talked about this. And, again, a lot of people came – I mean, I saw – when I posted the video on Facebook, a lot of people were like, dude, like, he should, he's going to play and, like, no need to shut it down. You're at the point – there is no reason for me I, – I love JSN. I would love to see him in this offense because it's just another weapon that you have – there's no reason for him to play. There really isn't. I mean, you're he's a first round pick. Some argue against that. I, I still think he's a first round pick. I think there's I think no need to risk it. It comes point. down to his testing, honestly. If he tests well, he's a first round pick. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I don't see that happening. I think he's done. I think he's been done since the Iowa game since he left. Mm-hmm. But I'm I mean there's always a silver lining and the silver lining in that case is that we're seeing the emergence of Marvin Harrison jr. And yeah, <laughs> and he's, he is, he is no sophomore. He is a NFL ready wide receiver making some of the best plays that we've seen in the Buckeye Jersey. Um, he is a phenomenal athlete and he has probably the best hands in football in at least in college football. And every and we always joke about it. Me and Nick are always like, "Man, Joel Klatt really loves Marvin Harrison Jr." Like, mm-hmm. he cannot say Joel Klatt cannot say enough good things about Marvin Harrison Jr. during a game. Like he mm-hmm. 
he will just go on and on about how amazing he is, how he's the best prospect he's ever seen. Um, but I mean, even this past week, he had that catch on that the boundary where he twisted his body and somehow got his foot down, and everybody was just like, "That's that's like Justin Jefferson type stuff right there." way he's just like catching these footballs so he's he's special like i mean and we do joke about it with joel clatt i i think truly he does believe it and i mean it's hard to argue there is not another receiver that's really built the way he is can run the way he can and has just that type of skill and you can see and, and joel clatt also talked about it man if you put like a video up next to his dad Oh man, it's it's it, insane. It's, it's insane. The resemblance it's, the resemblance is uncanny to me. The like, only difference is he's <laughs> four inches taller and can run faster. That's <laughs> and so that's really it. Yeah, it's it. it. <laughs> it's awesome. So like as much as I would like JSN to play, you know our wide receivers have been playing well. I'm really getting pissed off with Julian Fleming because. I love Julian Fleming, but he needs to stop catching the ball with his body, dude. He's had, like, the last two games, probably four drops, four or five drops where he's been open, and it just hits him straight in the chest. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, just use your hands. Like, you have great hands. And he's catching it like a like a fifth grader, like trying to, like, bring it into his body. And it just uh, – It's so annoying. Funny. Like, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, like we've seen him make great catches. We've seen the skill he has. Why are you using your body to make a catch? Maybe it's the, the weather. Maybe it's the weather, and he feels he's not confident in his gloves. I don't know what it is. It's insane <laughs> to me, man. It, 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 it honestly kind of pisses me off a little bit because there's just no reason for him to do that. There's just no reason for it whatsoever. So, well, well – <laughs> I'd love to see him get more involved too. I will say that he really, I mean, Northwestern's Northwestern. We're past that. He really hasn't been targeted that much though either. Yeah. I mean, the last couple weeks. He's definitely on the field a lot though. He is. He is. But again, Joel Klatt, I mean, I normally don't agree with him that much. I don't. He kind of annoys me sometimes. But he also made a really good point that – Julian Fleming needs to get the ball. They need to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. I get you have Marvin Harrison Jr. and you have a Mecca Buka. You got to find the Fleming. Also, that was such a mismatch. You got to find the way to get him the ball. I yeah. mean, design some plays to get him the ball. Um, and I did want your perspective. And this is a topic from last week's show um, that I was doing solo. Got a lot of heat for a lot of heat. You for did the it. show and by it, yourself last week? Yeah, it was brutal. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that, that that was fun. So appreciate everyone that tuned in for that one. But I want your perspective on this. And this was not me saying Ryan Day needs fired or anything of those sorts. The play calling on third and one, fourth and one, would you say that he is not super creative with some of his play calling? He's like, I mean, some of these screens that he's doing. That's all I was saying, and people like were like, "Oh, you're just being a you're you couldn't coach better." And I wasn't trying to coach better. My point was, Ryan Day needs to m- get more creative with his play calling when we're short distance. And he did on Saturday. He did. He had a he had a beautiful play where he forced the defense. There was a play fake, forced the defense to go to the right, and he went to the left. Like, and Stroud went to the left and threw a touchdown. 
to uh, Cade Stover, I believe it was. But you need you need creativity. You can't get up to third and one and just hand it up the middle when the defense when the defense knows what's coming. What are your thoughts on his play calling? Again, I'm not saying he's a bad play caller. I'm saying he needs against when you play Michigan, when you play some of these other teams, you're gonna have to get more creative with your plays. I think you're onto something. Um, I think so. I, it was against uh, who, who did we play the week before Indiana? My my time, my, my. Northwestern. Yeah, so against Northwestern, he was. Granted, the weather is terrible, but mm-hmm. we we were really struggling offensively in that game. Yeah, um, and. I'll give us a pass. Like you obviously see the firepower of the offense like this week against Indiana and and throughout the season we've seen it. Um so like maybe maybe the Northwestern game's an outlier due to weather and stuff like that. But I've I've noticed that he 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 does like to call these like very predictable plays. Um and I feel like he does it on purpose. I like as annoying as that is. Um just to set the defense up for later in the game. Um, and he, 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 there was a, was it? the week before Northwestern. Um, he kept Penn running. State. These, you say Penn State? Yeah. He kept running these bubble screens that kept getting shut down. And, oh. and uh, I was just like, if we. The reason he keeps doing this is because he's trying to set up the defense, but then he never attacked the defense using like a fake bubble screen wheel route or anything like, I don't know. He never, he never took advantage of them just biting on all these bubble screens. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're undefeated. He's doing a good job calling plays, but mm-hmm. I definitely see why people – get a little bit upset with his play calls at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad, glad you waited on that because, again, dude, I, I wasn't saying he's a bad coach and people are like, oh, you're just being a couch coach and whatnot. My job is to be honest with people like, and is to say things that you probably don't want to hear and it's going to piss you off. I, I'm really good at doing that, especially having to host um, Brown's podcast, the Faithful Dogs podcast is live. Um, every Wednesday night on the Network 216 YouTube channel. But, I, I mean, the thing is, you're going to come up against teams that are going to be better than you. Like Michigan, like, I'm not going to do an entire Michigan preview. We'll have plenty of time for that. That'll be an entire show just dedicated to a preview of that game. They're a physical football team, man. Like, one of the things Ohio State has struggled with, we are not good. We get dominated at the line of scrimmage way too often. And against Northwestern, I get the weather was bad. That offensive line performance was awful. Like, and there's no, I'm not going to, like, that was awful. And you cannot, if you're going to go into the shoe against Michigan with that, you're going to get blown out. And it's going to be embarrassing. Like, that's, he's got to get more creative with it. Like, again, the weather was bad Northwestern. Indiana, though, it was a lot, the performance was better. But, and the play calling was more creative, which was good to see. So, again, maybe it just was the weather at Northwestern. But you're still just running the football. So that's what kind of irritated me a little bit. But I do want to read off some stats because we do we do need to move on here a little bit because um, we have way more fun topics to talk about, especially when we get to college football playoff conversation. Just some stats to read off here. Uh, C.J. Stroud, 17-28, 
297, uh, five touchdowns, no picks. Typical C.J. Stroud game at this point. Um, Mayan Williams, man, it's sad he left with an injury. Before he got hurt, which I believe was either – I was probably second quarter, I believe. 15 carries, 147 yards, 9.8 yards a carry and a touchdown. Dalen Hayden, 19 carries, 102 and a touchdown. Xavier Johnson, one carry, 71 and a touchdown. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. leading the receiving core. (laughs) Seven catches, 135. Uh, One touchdown. Xavier Johnson, two catches, 47. Cade Stover, three for 45 and two touchdowns. The shocker to me when looking at these stats, Mecca Book had two catches for 38. And a touchdown. Shroud's, Which is crazy to me. Shroud's just spreading <laughs> around, man. Mm-hmm. He is. The one, though, the one stat I am going to share. Uh, well, Jaden Ballard, one catch, 24. Fleming, two for 24. The big stat of the day, though, and player of the game, Cameron Pab. One catch, eight yards, one touchdown. This is a man, J.D. And, again, I, I don't get really – and I'm not, like, super emotional or anything like that. Dude, when he scored that touchdown, that hits you in the heart, man. Like, this is a guy who's come back from four torn ACLs. After two, he could have retired. That could have been it. After three, a lot of guys would retire. This man comes back from four torn ACLs and scores a touchdown. It's just an incredible story, Cameron Babb. It it really is. Leaves you speechless. It does. There's a reason he's a captain. Everybody loves him. Mm Mm-hmm. He's put in all that work just to, you know, he didn't even. There, there's probably a pretty good chance going into that game that he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had blowout games this year and he didn't play. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the fact that he got on the field and was able to score a touchdown and then with his one, his first career catch, um, after all that he's been through, that's pretty, pretty special. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And just reading off some stats here, uh, just overall team stats. Indiana, 269 total yards of offense. I, I will, I'll give them this. I will give this to Indiana. When they put in Dexter Williams, it, the game didn't get interesting, but you could tell they might have something there at quarterback in the future. So something positive for Indiana is De- Dexter Williams moving forward. But other than that, Ohio State, 662 total yards, uh, 50% um, third down efficiency. Absolutely fantastic. The defense uh, – oh, and you ran for 340 yards. I forgot to uh, mention that. But, I mean, if you look at the defensive performance, once again, Seal Chambers, 10 tackles, 5 solo. Lathan Ransom, 9 tackles, 7 solo. That's been incredible. Lathan Ransom has just been absolutely phenomenal for this Buckeye defense. Too. Yeah. Dude, he's been incredible. I, I mean, I can see why he's a final. Well, he wasn't. I think he's a semifinalist for Jim Thorpe. I hope he becomes a finalist. I don't know if he will. Uh, he's been fantastic. He has been the best safety for the Buckeyes, and that's really saying something because I think Ronnie Hickman's been good. Um, and Tanner McAllister has been inconsistent, but he's not been too bad. Uh, as far as da- David actually adds in here that um, – David, we will get to the college football playoff. I promise that's actually going to be a majority of what we talk about tonight because it's such an interesting topic to go over. His prediction is Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Tennessee 3, Michigan 4. Fair. For the final for the final prediction, I assume that's what you mean. Obviously, that won't be for this week, but either way. We'll talk about it. 
yeah, either way. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. But JD, just any final takeaways from this game again? Ohio State covered. I didn't think they would, because you're asking them to cover 41, 42 points, but they did it. Just incredible to me. Um, any final takeaways you have from this game? Um not really. I I think we took care of business against a very not good team. Yeah. And you could have said the same thing about Northwestern. I think Indiana and Northwestern have the same record. So it's like it, – I don't know. It, I think weather played a factor, but it was snowing and it was cold in, in Columbus, and it didn't affect our offense at all. So, yeah. I'm I'm, exactly. I'm I'm gonna chalk up Northwestern as a flu game, um, but I, I'm glad they haven't started to look past players or, or, or teams. So they they're not playing down to their opponents right now. So this Maryland game is gonna be huge, leading up to Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the trap game for sure. They're bowl more. eligible. I mean, we're we're. I mean, that is gonna be a. A good transition here is Maryland is bowl eligible. I mean, they're six and four. It looks like as of as of now, I assume it looks like they will have uh, Talia, so they'll have Tua's brother available. From what again, from what it looks like, um, he's got twenty one hundred yards, fourteen touchdowns, six picks, missed time due to injury. So those stats are not as high as I believe they should be. That's really what they have. I mean, they have a pretty solid running back. Hard to argue when your running back's averaging 6.1 yards a carry, um, which is what Roman Hembry has done as a true freshman. Uh, 134 attempts, 815 yards, seven touchdowns. So he's been good. I The thing about Maryland, J.D., they do have an offense that can put up some points. Yeah, I mean, they got That's shut out. That's my biggest worry. They got shut out last week against Penn State, 30 nothing. Um and they're at home. Yeah. So I don't know. They had a really, really, really close game with Michigan. It was, they almost beat Michigan. Uh, mm. It was 24 17. And it was, it was tight throughout the majority of that game because I remember tuning in and they were actually beating Michigan at one point for like a good chunk of the game. So uh, I, don't, I don't think this is going to be any Indiana like. Uh, opponent, um, but they are they have been struggling as of late. I think their last couple mm-hmm. games they they lost to Wisconsin pretty bad, lost to Penn State. So, you know yeah. what worries me? That spread is twenty seven and a half at Maryland. I, I'm not going to be worried about the spread. I I think Ohio State's just going to take care of business, honestly. Um. It's just a trap game, man. Yeah, it's the ult- it's the yeah. ultimate trap game against a team that, in the past, they've been able to run against Ohio State. Anthony McFarland destroyed this again. It's different. Jim Knowles is here. Things have changed. But I'm saying, just in the past, Maryland's had a little confidence when they played against Ohio State. So I will say, our defense, our defense is. No joke this year, man. I mm-hmm. I truly believe that the Northwestern game proved it 
that when our offense didn't show up, our defense played lights out. They gave up a touchdown. Like uh, It might not have been the opening drive, but the second drive of the game, and then nothing else the rest of the game. Um, yeah. They've, they've shown it. They're forcing turnovers. They're flying to the football. I think I think the defense might be better than the offense this year, which is crazy. There, it's we, we're. I think they're. We're going to talk about it a little bit later in the college football playoff. There's two teams that I think can afford to have a late season loss and still make the playoff. And it's Ohio State and Georgia, and I think. I think that they're going to view Ohio State as having the best offense, but they also can view our defense as being one of the top five defenses in the country. So, um, we're, yeah, we'll talk about it a little later. But um, I don't. I'm not super concerned with Maryland just because they haven't been putting up points uh, recently. They were early on, and. Um, you know, the run game, our run game is going to be the biggest question mark on offense, I think. David, this is a good point. Everyone brings their game against Ohio State. JD, do you know the result the last time Ohio State went to Maryland? Oh, this was like the shootout game, wasn't it? It was more than just a shootout game. It was. I, Ohio it, State wins in overtime 52 to 51. Yeah, okay. Again, things have changed since then. I, but uh, this is that opportunity. If you're looking ahead at all, Maryland's going to punch you in the mouth. Maryland is not a pushover football team. I think their record reflects missing Talia for a few games this year. Because I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. I do. I, he's not Tua by any means. I'm not saying he is. He's a solid quarterback, though. And going into this year, he was one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I wouldn't sleep. I would not sleep going into Maryland. I wouldn't. I think Ryan Day's going to have him ready to go. And normally, you don't want to bring up ancient history, but I would, I would, I would want to reflect on what the score was when we went to Maryland last, and say, and let them know that, like, this is a football team. And yes, it, it is four years ago. It was 2018. It doesn't matter. It shows that Maryland is a team that's going to fight at home. And they're going to be there to punch you in the mouth if you're not ready for it. So, again, I, I think this is a game Ohio State's going to win. But like you said, it is a trip. It is the ultimate trap game. And Maryland has talent on offense to make it to make it interesting. With Talia at quarterback, Roman Embry at, Embry at running back, who has really become, it looks like, one of the better running backs in the Big Ten. So, as far as this game – What's your prediction, and does Ohio State cover the spread? Is that what – the spread's what, 28 and a half? 27 and a half, yeah. 27 and a half. Um, yeah, I, th I think they cover. I do. I think this offense is going to – I think I think they have a really bad taste in their mouth from Northwestern game. Um, yeah. And so I don't think this offense is going to put up less than 40 for the rest of the year. So <laughs> – Okay. All right. So, and with the way that's an interesting bold there. prediction as far as uh, our preview for next week. That's yeah. gonna be that's interesting. Okay. Um, I just think they have a bad taste in their mouth. So I I think the defense plays well. They've played well all year, um, and they get it done. Forty-two fourteen. Okay. All right. Forty-two fourteen. Yeah, I think Ohio State's gonna win this game. 
I think they're gonna score. I think they're gonna score forty-five points. I'm right there with the forties. I think Maryland's gonna score some points in this game. Uh, I think it's gonna be forty-five twenty-eight. I think Maryland's gonna put up some points. Maryland again, they're not a slouch on offense. Had some injuries. They can play. They're six and four. Again, they're not the best team in the Big Ten. They're not a pushover though either. You're going to you're going to College Station. It's not an easy game to win by any means. I'm not trying to reflect too much on 2018. That was a different Buckeye team, different circumstances, so on and so forth. But they've proven that they're a pretty solid football team. So right. TJ, I just want to point out your prediction for this game: 45-28. Yep. The Penn State game was 44-31. That's Penn, crazy. And Penn State just blew out Maryland 30 to nothing last week. Wasn't Penn State at home? Penn State was at home when we played them. But I'm saying, was Penn State at home against Maryland? Because well, if they were, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, they were at – okay, they were at Penn State. Okay. I just, I just pointed out. I, I don't think they don't have a sig- they don't have a good win on their schedule. But I'm just saying, this is that game where you could easily overlook Maryland. It is, and I think Maryland can score. I, I do, but I would love to be wrong and us to win by fifty and not to have a care in the world. That's what I really want. But JD, before we get to our college football um, playoff predictions and really discuss that because. Great conversation, as always. We do just want to take a minute and hear from our partners with Homage Athletic Apparel. What's up, guys? We've been talking about Homage for a really long time, but I can't get across how comfortable the products are. Like, this is literally the softest hoodie that you'll ever have. And it's not just about, you know, comfort when it comes to the style. It's it's effective as well. It keeps you warm. I mean, look, this thing is not... It's all vintage looking, but it's looked like this. I've owned this thing for five years. So you got Ohio State, you got the Browns, you got the Cavs, you got the Guardians. They've got everything to have you covered all year long for all your Cleveland sports. I know the Victory Monday thing's a little uh, brutal this year, but but you know we got all kinds of awesome designs. You got to check them out. We'll put a link. There's always links in all of our episodes in the descriptions and sometimes in the comments as well. They're the best on the market, man. You need you. you <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore, but go over there, check out Amish today. Go Cats. JD, we're going to get in the college football playoff talk. It's going to be very – it is every year. What am I saying? How this finishes is going to be very interesting. Right now, the top four, I think, is going to stay the same. I mean, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. I would make the argument – and I don't think the committee's going to do this, but I would make the argument TCU should be number three based off their strength of schedule. I think TCU should be number three right now. Not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things right now, but TCU I think is for real. And if they went out, I think they deserve to be in. I don't know how you can keep an undefeated Big 12 champion out. You Oregon's out. They, they blew it as they do every single time they have a chance to college football playoff. They blow it outside of when Marcus Mariota was their quarterback and they went to the national title game. LSU, they're there and they're lingering. Uh, They're going to go up this week. USC is there. That's it for me as far as teams I think have a legitimate chance. UCLA is out after they suffered a second loss. 
right now with, with the college football playoff because I don't – he just runs the table. I don't see how you keep him out. I, I don't. I don't know if the Big Ten gets a second team in. I think the SEC very well might get two teams. What are your thoughts? So, Tennessee had beat LSU early on in the season. Smashed them in Baton Rouge. Smashed them. But they are a completely different team than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, so, if LSU beats Georgia, oh, I do not want to – I do not want to be in that committee trying to decide who to put in the college football playoff. Because I think I think there's two locks. I think there's two locks, regardless of outcome, regardless of whether or not Ohio State beat Michigan or um, Michigan beats Ohio State. I think Ohio State and Georgia are, are guaranteed spots. Mm-hmm. I, I, I truly do. I, I, think the, okay. I think the way the committee has, has ranked Ohio State this year um, – Apart from when Alabama was before Alabama suffered their loss, um, their losses, um, I, th- I think that they view, like, like I said earlier, they view Georgia as having the best defense in the country and Ohio State as the best offense. I think that I think it's been, it's been proven this year on both sides uh, that those are the those are the top two teams. Yeah. Um, if Ohio State Michigan have a scrap, it goes to the last second field goal, Michigan pulls it out, and then Ohio State doesn't play in the Big Ten championship, and that's our only loss, I still think we we slide in, maybe as a number four. Um interesting. Okay, that's see that's that's interesting to me. It's hard. Okay, so here's you bring up a great see, this is where this conversation just really gets like I said, like you said, I'm glad I'm not in that committee and I have to make this decision because you're you're gonna get destroyed regardless of whatever you decide. So let's say it's close, Ohio State, Michigan. Let's say Devil's Advocate here, Ohio State loses by three. Do they get in? You think Ohio State gets in with one loss, even if it's to Michigan and Michigan then wins the Big Ten title? Yeah, because our loss is against a top three team. But here, here's the other question. See, this is – oh, man. <laughs> this is why I'm so glad the college football playoff is back because we, it, it, we, we, could, talk, we could talk about this for an entire show, if we're being honest. I mean – okay, LSU runs the table. They beat Georgia. Okay, so here's the scenario. LSU runs the table, beats Georgia in, in, in the um, SEC championship game. Georgia has one loss to, to an – to an SEC champion, LSU. Ohio State has one loss to a Big Ten champion, Michigan. TCU runs the table. TCU is undefeated. Tennessee wins out. One loss. That one loss is to Georgia. That is chaos at its finest. I don't know what you do because you can't, in my mind, I think Georgia's a lock. Like you said, Georgia to me is a lock, regardless of what happens in the SEC title game. Because now again, they have to beat Kentucky. At Kentucky, that's not the walk in the park everyone thinks it is. Nick would love to hear me say that. Um, But 
I, I don't think that's a given. But Georgia runs the table. They're, in my opinion, they're in. I don't know how you can kick out Georgia. I, I don't. Tennessee's right there with one loss, and that's to Georgia. It's hard to keep Tennessee out because they beat Alabama. Like, and and they went to Baton Rouge and destroyed LSU early in the year, mind you. But that's still a signature win. You have LSU, a two-loss SEC champion. We have never seen a two-loss team in the college football playoff. But if they weren't in the table, I don't know how you keep them out. I think, yeah, I yeah. think there's a really good argument for all three teams. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's, and then those are three SEC teams. Um, and I cannot say how happy I am that we are going to an eight-team college football playoff next year. <laughs> Because it's or it not next year. Can twelve, be teams, right? It's twelve. Is it twelve? I'm pretty sure it's twelve. Yeah. I thought it was eight. Uh, let me let me, let my me look it up. If it's twelve, then Ohio State's never not making. Yeah, it's going to expand to the. It's going to expand to a twelve-team format here. That's right. Twenty twenty-six, okay. maybe sooner. Maybe sooner. Um, yeah. So twelve teams. Ohio State's always a lock. Like. Like you're gonna have four guaranteed locks every year. Knock on wood, by the way. I'm knocking on wood for that. <laughs> so, what you're gonna get all and oh, dude, there's so much changing the college football because you're, you're also getting all these uh, these new teams coming into the Big Ten, uh, Texas, Oklahoma going to SEC, uh, and that that takes a lot of credibility away from Big Twelve, Pac Twelve, um, and the ACCs are trash, but um, <laughs> like Power Five isn't going to have like a Power Five champion doesn't hold as much weight without those teams in those conferences. So, how much weight? Okay, let me ask you that. Okay, because you bring up a good point. How much weight does TCU's hold? Let's. I mean, if right TCU now, goes, if TCU goes undefeated and they win, they have to be in, right? Right now, yes, they have to. Okay. But in, in even like Ohio State's strength of schedule is not. Notre Dame's helping. Notre Dame's Notre helping. Dame is helping. Notre Dame's playing really well. Um, uh, I we joke, but yeah, they 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 beat Clemson pretty handedly, uh, and Clemson was you know a top fourteen. And I'm so glad they're not going to be in the College Football Playoff this year. But I didn't get to ask you this last week, okay? Yeah. Because again, I I talked about this myself and. It's weird when there's no one responding to you. It, so Clemson's out in your mind. Like, they're done. One yeah. loss, they're done. Yeah, there's no way. Okay. That's where I'm at, too. They haven't had, a, people, they haven't had like, a good win, and they have – They don't pass almost, the eye test. They almost lost, like, three or four games. Yeah. 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 DJ Ugalalali or Lulele, whatever his name is, isn't good. So Yeah, he's playing pretty – he's really flat-footed when he throws football and pisses me off. He stands back there and he just stats you. And then he tries Dude, to- imagine how far this guy could throw it if he actually threw it correctly. Because the dude, it's actually somewhat impressive that he can be that flat-footed and chuck it down the field like that. Imagine if he actually threw the ball correctly. He would have right. one of the most insane arms in college football. Okay, so what happened to USC? Who'd they lose to? USC didn't lose. UCLA lost. Yeah, but USC did lose. They're not on the yeah. team. Yeah, USC lost, I believe. Let me see. It was I'm trying uh, to. Yeah, they, 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 they lost. They lost, re- they lost really early, actually. 
They lost to Utah. Utah. But Utah's good, right? Yeah, Utah's ranked Utah's ranked up there. They're they're gonna probably be in the top ten. So why is USC not in the conversation right now? Especially no, in my mind in my mind they are. If USC runs the table, they're in. You think they're in? In they're, okay. Here's there's, four team, there's four slots though. You're right. So are you so, saying you saying there's not gonna be any two teams from the same conference in the college football playoff this year? If because, USC runs the table, if USC runs the table, no. so I don't think, and it pains me to say, and I could be completely wrong. I hope I am. Whoever loses that Ohio State Michigan game, I think is out. You're not winning a Big Ten championship. You're out now. Now, but this is let's assume. I, I only think I only think that scenario works if Ohio State loses. I you think, don't think Michigan's out if they lose. No, I I think they would be out if they lost. But okay. I think I think Ohio State would still be in if they lost. They're in if USC falters. Because USC, yeah, USC has two big games to end their season too. If they okay, this is that's what I'm saying though. If they, if USC wins a conference title, you have we're gonna assume there's no chaos because let's let's make that fun for a minute. Georgia wins. Michigan wins. This is all for this exercise. Michigan wins. TCU wins. So those three are in. If USC runs the table, they are ahead of Tennessee. They should absolutely be ahead of Tennessee. There's no reason in my mind if USC goes and USC goes and they beat UCLA, they beat Notre Dame. Yeah, they lost to Utah by a point. They beat Oregon State, and yet in haha, Oregon State. Normally, you would joke about that. Oregon State's ranked in the top twenty-five, so you have they would have in that case three top twenty-five wins and a loss to a top ten team by one point. If they run the table, man, you have you have to put them in. I think. I think but you don't you have a choice. Also, you could also argue the same thing for Oregon. Oregon has two losses. Oh, do they? Oregon lost to Washington. They're out, man. What am I looking? At? I'm looking at the old. Oh. Okay. It's the old ranking, so you have to apply the previous <laughs> results. But we should do this show on Tuesday. Right? Uh, but believe me, I, I I wish we could. We have like three shows Tuesday night, so it'd be nearly impossible. But anyway, I mean. It's tough. Oh, okay, Ohio State or Michigan, the loser of that is in if USC doesn't run the table. they Ohio State-Michigan is not eliminated unless unless there's a blowout. Ohio State blows out Michigan by 30, they're done. I, I don't see any chance you put them in. Michigan beats Ohio State by 30, they're done. Because you, you, you can't justify it. You can't justify putting them in, especially if they're not a conference champion. Because you have Tennessee, if they went out lurking right there, saying we beat Alabama, we blew out LSU, uh, it's tough. And then if Georgia then loses, you're you're in a real tough spot having a big te- a one loss Big Ten team in there. Hmm. So again, I'm glad I'm not the committee, but you talked about it when you do go to a 12 team playoff. Ohio State better make the playoff every year, or we're gonna have coach. We're gonna be firing people. So, Fact. also that 12-team playoff, I can't wait to see how that's structured. 
I'm because they have. I don't think they've announced how it would be because it's not like formally in place yet. I mean, there was breaking news that that's where it's heading. Like it's been agreed to, but we don't have details like on the actual format of that. So, uh, so I remember. I think Jim Harbaugh actually came up with like a eighteen playoff a couple years ago that he was pitching as an idea where it was, and this was, you know, prior to a lot of these teams moving conferences and the whole realignment thing. Um, but it was 18 playoff, five teams. And this was also when Cincinnati was making a bid as a, as a group of five. Yeah. Um, but it's five of the power five champions. So, you know, big 10, Pac-12, SEC, ACC, big 12. So all five champions, make it to the playoff then that leaves three bids for for at large so it could be you know another big 10 team another sec team a group of five um to fulfill that 18 bracket so i think it could be something along those lines where all five all five champions are guaranteed a spot and then you're as it should be as it should be and then you're left with seven teams um that, that are out at large bids. So, okay. It could I like be that actually, or it could be the runner up of the power five, which leaves two at large or whatever. What you have to find a way. I think you would agree with this. Find a way to incorporate the top, whatever team it's ranked, the top team that's non power five ranked. I assume you have to find a way to incorporate that. Like that has to be a way because in certain situations, I mean, if we look at it this year, and again, I, I think they'd get steamrolled, but the point is you're giving them an opportunity, and that's when you get to a tournament like that, truly anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody in any given day, even if it's unlikely. But if you look at it now, you would have – let me see who would be the first. You're looking at – because I believe you at UCF beat Tulane. So UCF right now would be in the driver's seat for a college football playoff spot in this format. I think that would make it – that's fine. Again, this team, they might get smacked, and they probably would be. You're adding that component, though, to the college football playoff. And, it's and you're giving add- these teams something to play – like, these teams a chance. Because right I, now they don't have a chance. I think it would be something around the – like it would be like a uh, – whatchamacallit, a, a 16-team bracket. So, you know, you have your four teams on each side. So it's it's a 12-team, so – then the top one seed, it's kind of like how they run the basketball tournament where like that one seeds just get an automatic buy. And then you have, you know, two like two teams playing, then the winner plays the one seed. And, yeah. And they would kind of like work it out that way. Um, that's true. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. So there's like the top four seeds kind of get a, a, a proverbial buy to start the tournament with the 12 team bracket and then it would just come. Yeah. So like Tulane would draw the probably the PAC 12 champion or something like straight mm-hmm. off the road. And then the PAC 12 champion would play like Georgia or something like that would, that would kind of be like the format. I think mm-hmm. it would be, an, I'm just interested to see because they, there's a lot of talks this off season of those super conferences forming. It's just like, you know, Pac or Big Ten West, which is the Pac 12, and then there's Big Ten East, which is the current Big Ten. 
in in the SEC trying to like expand westward. So hmm. yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna give us some a lot more to talk about too, especially when you go to that twelve team playoff. David weighs in again. Um, here has a good point. If Tennessee would play USC right now, Tennessee would win. So USC doesn't have a chance at the college football playoff. The committee selects the best four teams, not conference champs. That and that's where I'm. That's where I'm going with. So, if Ohio State loses to Michigan, Ohio State is in in the eyes of the committee. I think they are still a top four team in the country, regardless of them losing. Um. But the fact that, like, if we beat Michigan, that they don't make it, it's because of their strength of schedule. They haven't, they have a really weak schedule. <laughs> and, like, Ohio State has a pretty weak schedule, also. Just like we play similar teams, but Michigan's out of conference was garbage this year. Truly. Like, <laughs> like, like, truly garbage. Like, they, I think their strength of schedule is one of the lowest in college football this year. Mm hmm. And so I think that really hurts their chances. Like we have wins over Penn State. I think they have a win over Penn State. Um, and that's kind of like Notre Dame is doing us a big favor by winning and beating a lot of teams. And they can still do us a lot of big favors because they'd still have to play USC at the end of the year, um, which could really affect uh, the college football playoff because they beat USC. And then that win looks even better for Ohio State than – I don't, it's 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 a bunch of what ifs, but at the end of the a lot day, of what ifs right now. But that's what makes the conversation fun. I mean, to David's point, I don't know how you can't say USC is one of the top four teams in college football if they go and they beat UCLA and Notre Dame back to back weeks to to end their season. Because. And, and I agree with you because they and they still have to play their Pac-12 championship game, which is probably going to be Oregon, and then they would have to beat Oregon again. Yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's where, again, it's a lot to talk about. And so, JD, guys, wrapping up because we got to wrap up here because um, down with the Browns coming up, coming up here, uh, special guest, a little Browns uh, therapy for everybody. We need a, more than therapy at this point, but. Your playoff predictions, give five and six, and then give your top four. So I'm going to start with Georgia one. Mm -hmm. I think Ohio State wins out. I think they do beat Michigan, and then they would beat Illinois in the, the Big Ten championship. Illinois, don't sleep JD, on Illinois. JD, JD, real quick. This is for this week. Don't give your final ones. Ah, All right, for this week. We'll, we'll get to the final ones, believe me. We'll have an entire okay. show probably dedicated to it. So for this week, not final, um, Georgia one, Ohio State two. I do think they actually rank TCU higher than Michigan this week. Mm. So okay. TCU three, Michigan four, um, Tennessee five, and I think they're going to rank USC higher than So USC six. Ooh, okay. I, I think they it's it's so close, man. And they might they might do a tie. Like they've been doing these like weird tie rankings too. They might. I mean, because right now, let's be real, it doesn't matter. It, it really doesn't. doesn't right now. It still has to play out. So I think they're gonna put USC at, at six and then LSU's gonna be seven. But dude, that that if they if LSU runs the table and wins the SEC, we are gonna have 
one heck of a conversation about who who should be where because a one loss Georgia, a two loss LSU that just beat Georgia, which Georgia's been the number one team in the country. Like Tennessee's still sitting there. Yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy, but that that's my top six. So okay, I love uh, it. Yeah, Georgia, Ohio State, TCU, Michigan, Tennessee. Just, just a program, just a programming update with the college football playoff. Ohio, let's say Ohio State beats Michigan. I just want to give the audience a heads up. We will do a Big Ten championship. We'll recap the Michigan game, of course. We'll do a brief Big Ten championship preview. We're gonna talk a lot of college football playoff. Then if Ohio State like wins out, like we believe and expect, we will have a show that will break down. Well, we'll have to see about schedule because the Big Ten championship. Yeah, we would have to see about scheduling, but we might be able to make a Sunday morning special because during college football playoff is king. Anyway, yeah. Real quick, I gotta get I gotta give mine because we gotta we gotta wrap up here at six. LSU's six. I don't see them moving LSU. I don't. Even though I think USC should be ahead of them, LSU's going to be six. Five, Tennessee. Tennessee should still be five. Um, if LSU didn't have two losses, they would be five, but they're not. Four, I think it's going to be the same. I think you're going to have TCU at four, Michigan at three, Ohio State at two, and you're going to have Georgia at one. I think – because if Ohio State Michigan take care, regardless of TC what TCU does, they're they want Ohio State Michigan to be two versus three for that showdown at this year. That's true. So that's where I'm at. You guys are gonna want to tune in the college football playoff ranking seven o'clock on ESPN. Those are our predictions. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning into this episode, the Scarlet and Gray podcast. I appreciate every single person that tunes in to us every single week. Remember. You're joining us on YouTube or Facebook. Please subscribe, or even on Twitter. I, I don't mention Twitter just because we don't, we can't see those live views. Um, our platform is not meant to be able to see that. Streamyard does not have that capability. But if you're joining us on any of those platforms, take a second to subscribe to the channel. Completely free, exclusive giveaways that we have only available to our YouTube subscribers that are coming out within the next month. So again, free to subscribe. Drop a like on this video. It helps Network 216 grow immensely as a YouTube channel. We will be back with you guys next Monday night at 6.30. Hopefully, we're going to be recapping another Buckeye victory. But huge preview coming up against Michigan. And we might have um, one of our best friends, special guests on who he's a Michigan fan. But it's, it'd be a great conversation to have. So, Welcome, my friend. <laughs> how firm that friendship uh but anyways guys that's the schedule coming up right now as soon as we're off the air down with the browns is live for browns therapy uh for just another horrific loss this has been the scarlet and gray podcast thank you all for tuning in and go buckeyes <laughs>